The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Hello and thanks very much for joining me for this episode of Climate Matters. I'm Lindsay Wood, I'm the Director of Climate Strategy Company Resilience Limited and Climate Matters is brought to you by Fresh FM the top of the South's community access radio station. Well, I'm recording this when I'm at the tail end of a rather long head cold, and it's also blowing a gale outside, so I hope you don't get too many um, audio distortions on the way through. So let's get into it. Today, Climate Matters 109 is what we're going to be covering, just issued, and here are the topics it's going to be delving into. Honouring a New Year's honour is the first item, very briefly. And then did the Marjley redeem COP28? An interesting turn of events there. An item from Emmanuel Macron, or by Emmanuel Macron, on planetary well-being, and a dramatic financial return that we don't want to miss out on. That's reinforcing a message we should really take to heart. And from the Can You Believe It files, a couple of things about speaking English. We'll also bring you a hot tip. And we have a uh, a quiz question for you this time as well, and it's one that will become clear to you as we go through the, the 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 different items on today's episode. But the quiz question is: What is an anglophone? Anglophone, and what or who is an anglophone, and what is its significance to climate? So anyway, let's get into issue number 109 of Climate Matters. Um, It was actually, I think, the first one that came out in the new year. So I wish everybody a happy new year, of course, and hope that 2024 is more fulfilling and less stressful than 2023 was. Um, It presented a lot of uh, very important things to me very quickly. In fact, I think a, a characteristic of the the escalating climate crisis is that we're getting more and more information of greater and greater impact or import. And this includes, as I mentioned in the intro, something from President Macron, um, a, a bit of research by Professor Rafe Chapman at Victoria University of Wellington, and then uh, an item on by Antara Halder, a project syndicate writer with a fresh take on COP28. I also want to give a little bit of a thanks to a reader who reached out with regard to Climate Matters 108, challenging or putting out the point. There was an item in 108 about the problem from emissions associated with tyres, both the emissions in the air and also the toxins that end up in waterways and the like from the dust that comes off tyres. And this reader was making the point that electric vehicles are heavier than equivalent um, fossil fuel vehicles, therefore they have more tyre wear. But the, the the implication, the way it was written, was that this really um, meant that we shouldn't be going down the EV path. But in fact, when you analyse the figures, um, the point is valid that EVs do have a certain percentage more wear, but nothing like to the extent that was suggested. And internal combustion engines, fossil fuel engines, are still a long way from being preferable to EVs, even though EVs I don't see as the long-term answer either. They're an interim step. 
So anyway, thank you to the the reader who raised that because it's always good to get feedback and we'd much rather have constructive criticism and so on. Anyway, coming through to Climate Matters 109, honouring a New Year's honour. Well, uh, many of you may not have realised that I had the great honour of being made a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit for my climate and environmental work. And that was a, a great distinction, and particularly when it means that some people who know my work have nominated me for that and gone to some effort to put my case forward. So um, thank you so much to the people who did that, and thank you to all the people who've sent in their congratulations. Um, a couple of comments that I made in Climate Matters 109 on that. The clearer it is now that that signifies not a worthwhile journey completed, but one to be continued in every way. So certainly not an honour to uh, to rest on, if you like. Each of us, I'm, I'm suggesting, from the Prime Minister to the ordinary citizen, to every one of us ordinary citizens, is in catch-up mode on the climate crisis. And I hope my efforts, like Climate Matters and other things, at least help some of us catch up on some things some of the time. Okay, moving on. COP28. Did the Marjley make COP28 less of a cop-out than generally reported? And uh, Professor Antar Haldar from Cambridge University wrote an article headed Look East to Fix Climate Governance. That's an interesting heading, isn't it? Look East to Fix Climate Governance. And she presented a positive view of what was almost an off-script process called the Majli, which is, a, um, I think, a Muslim or a, um, an Arab process, which involves a, a, a large circular gathering. And um, her point was that it might have been face-saving, it might have been last minute, and it might have been off-script, but the process and the resultant agreement it reached was really very important. And while it's hard not to be a bit cynical, because the leader of it was the uh, the Sultan, who was also the leader of um, um, UAE's oil industry, so it's not hard not to be cynical. But Holder makes many valid points in the article, from the importance of a circular, non-hierarchical format, such as the physical format, to the long-standing tradition that the, the Marjley has, and it brought to mind, for example, for me, Marae traditions and so on in New Zealand. Uh, she also reported on it blurring the line between sociability and business and giving people a personal and less formal stake in it. And in New Zealand, which is a country with our rich Marae traditions, as I mentioned, we've also recently been encouraged to trial what are known as citizens' assemblies and other forms of participatory democracy in our local government, so we shouldn't dismiss this perspective too quickly. I think it's something to take a bit of note of. So thank you for that. We will try and put a link into the uh, Climate Matters webpage of the Fresh FM website. However, it's a very long link. It's from an organization called Project Syndicate, and the link is so long that it may be that, uh, that there isn't space for Fresh FM to post it. Right, moving on to Emmanuel Macron on planetary well-being and what were termed the pillars of green wisdom. And, and an article that I found was really visionary, also 
from Project Syndicate, also with a very long link to it. I hope that we can get at least one of those up. But anyway, the French president stressed that we shouldn't let the current wars, and I'm quoting here, distract the world from our collective priorities, reducing our CO2 emissions, aiming for carbon neutrality by 2050, preserving biodiversity, and fighting poverty and inequality, close quotes. I wanted to highlight the use of the terms poverty and inequality in a discussion on climate policy. That is so important, and it was refreshing to see it being put forward at such a high level. The world's most advanced economies, he went on to write, must move away from fossil fuels to meet the goals of the Paris Agreement. This is non-negotiable. And here we are in a country that is expanding the exploration for fossil fuels. And on fiscal policy, Macron wrote, and I found this interesting, quotes, put private financing and trade at the service of the Paris Agreement, and also make the cost of investment higher for players in the fossil fuel sector, a green interest rate and a brown interest rate. That's really interesting, suggesting a differential that penalizes investment in fossil fuels. I think that's well worth exploring. Be wonderful to see if we could come up with something on that. Here's a quote. It's a quote from Dr. Sandy Hager, who is at London University. And he puts forward, he's an interested in inequality. We've just talked about inequality and the importance of that being included in climate policy. Here's a quote from Sandy Hager. Have a good listen to this. It's hard-hitting and very direct. Given the compelling evidence that living in highly unequal societies destroys our minds, our bodies, our relationships, our communities, and our planet, this is something we should all take seriously. Run that past again, because I think that addressing inequality is such a fundamental issue that's of benefit to everybody. Here we go again. Given the compelling evidence that living in highly unequal societies destroys our minds, our bodies, our relationships, our communities, and our planet, this is something we should all take seriously. Dr. Sandy Hager of London University. Okay, going on, a dramatic rate of return we shouldn't miss out on. In what was pioneering research at his time in 2018, Professor Rafe Chapman of Victoria University and his team drew some striking conclusions, and they were studying the cost benefits of active transport infrastructure, that is for cycling, walking, wheelchairs, and so on. Investment in active transport infrastructure yields a remarkable return of over 10 to 1. And this was based on study of real interventions at New Plymouth and Hastings, and these were multi-million dollar interventions. And they were compared with controls at Masterton and Whanganui, where they didn't have those major investments. And then they did what are known as sensitivity analyses to check that all the findings were robust. 
And the study didn't even factor the, the fact that active transport might ease congestion. Every person on a bike is a person not in a car, potentially. It was also striking to me, reading it, that almost 20% of the multi-million dollar budget was actually spent on education. So, you know, that's significant that making these things very not successful and giving really good return on investment, it's important to put a good chunk of that investment in public education, which I read as being changing people's behavior and making them aware of what the opportunities were. And before we forget about it, there was a huge reduction in emissions, about 1,149 tonnes of carbon dioxide emissions per year, which was about 5% of the emissions for those areas. So there'll be a link to that research. I think it's very telling, even though it's now five years old, it's still very telling in terms of the uh, the relevance to active transport, for example, where do is it worth investing in it? Is it not? And so on. Right, going on from the Can You Believe It files, speaking English may make climate worse. How about that? In two weeks came two connections between English and climate harming aspects of society. They were quite different connections. One came from Rafe Chapman's paper that I've just been quoting, and I'll quote again from a different bit of it, quotes, High levels of active travel in Northern Europe, contrasting with the low levels in Anglophone countries, especially US, Canada, Australia, and guess, New Zealand. I.e., high car dependency goes, seems to go with the use of the English language. And then in another one, a reader forwarded to me a chart from the well-known website Our World in Data. And the chart showed that harmful inequality trends, here we come to inequality again, harmful inequality trends in English-speaking countries were much greater. And again, uh, picking up on London University's Sandy Hager, you know, he has something critical to say about that. So there's lots to think about. To try and describe the graph, because I can't find a link to the, the chart that was sent to me, it has got two graphs, and they both show the the levels of income inequality in one chart on in English-speaking countries and another in Europe and Japan. And to try and picture them, they, it starts about the beginning of the last century, and at that time, Europe and Japan had much greater income inequality. There were people there that were obviously much wealthier and people that were much poorer, when we reached the Second World War, they had all declined, both English-speaking and European and Japanese countries, to comparable levels of inequality. So they'd both declined over the first half of the last century. But then what happened is after the Second World War, the English-speaking countries rose quite spectacularly, whereas the European and Japanese countries more or less flatlined. Now, I think it's worth saying that in terms of income inequality, the greater the inequality, the greater the troubles across the whole of society. It's not just poorer people that struggle, but above a certain quite low level when basically everybody has their needs met, there is very little benefit to wealthy people in increased income, 
but they also live in societies with great, and they themselves experience more health problems, emotional problems, and so on. We're running a bit over time here, so I better finish off. Um, a hot tip for a cooler planet wanted a climate friendly term to replace, quotes, at the coalface, close quotes. And uh, so Climate Matters will be running a competition on that. There'll be more details in the next episode, Climate Matters 110. There will be great prizes from the wonderful Cheer Sisters Beverage Company. So watch this space and just get your mind ticking in that space. Finally, what or who is an Anglophone and what is the climate significance? Well, you've probably picked that. It's a person or a society with English as their mother tongue closely connected with high rates of car driving and income inequality, both of which have adverse climate implications. Okay, I've got to finish there. Thank you so much for your company. I do hope I enjoy it again next week. Climate Matters is brought to you by Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access radio station. Fresh FM broadcasts in Blenheim on 88.9 to Eastern Golden Bay on 95.0 across the Nelson-Tasman region on 104.8 and to the Nelson CBD on 107.2. It's also streamed to the planet on freshfm.net and podcasts of Climate Matters and of other locally produced shows are available through freshfm.net and through the accessmedia.nz app. And of course, as always, kia kaha for the climate. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM with support from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.